This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And we have a goal, and we have for the last 14 years, and that is to provide our listeners with the real facts, the real stats about our local market. What's happening in Michigan is different than what's happening here in our beautiful Central Valley of California. And besides that, we have to come up with a strategy if you're going to get into or stay in the real estate game. You wouldn't go into a football game without a well-prepared game plan. Real estate's no different. And the beauty of this show is uh, you don't have to rely on just what I know. I mean, because after a week or two, you'd probably be done with me. <laughs> but every week we have different guests and uh, the many members of our association and the many contacts that we have. And that's true today, too. In fact, today we have a member with Jackie Curry. Good morning. Good morning with CHC Realty and but what was intriguing and when I met you when we were doing an escrow together is that you're a professor at Fresno State also. That's correct yeah. And what do you teach there? At Fresno State I teach real estate law, real estate appraisal and business communication. All right everybody now you know why she's here. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much Don. And you brought along uh, Dr. Andres Warike. Thank Did you. I say that right or close enough? Uh, close enough. I'm yeah. going to refer to you as AJ. How's that? <laughs> that I've been AJ for the last 20 years because of that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, a professor at Fresno State too. Hey, what do you, What do you do there? So I have also a real estate uh, professor uh, job. I guess uh, I teach uh, real estate finance, real estate uh, principles real estate practices, and real estate economics. And I'm also the director of the Gazarian Real Estate Center, which is housed within the Craig School business. Okay. We're going to have a lot of questions today. And and to all our listeners that have heard me before, I've kind of complained about how I took these real estate courses at Fresno State and how when I debated with the professor, it wasn't AJ, <laughs> or Jackie, but when I debated, when he said that interest rates would never come below 12% again, and I d- argued that point, and then I walked away with a C- minus in the class. So there's been my complaint. Today is my day of redemption. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see. Um, first of all, you, you mentioned the Gazarian Real Estate Center. Tell us what that is. So the Gazarian Real Estate Center was founded from a a donation from Dr. Gazarian, who is a local dentist and a real estate investor locally as well. And so it was probably about mid-2000s, I think. And so the the initial uh, purpose of the Gazarian Center, uh, it was to support the students and the professors in the correct school of business, particularly their real estate options students, uh, someone like you. And uh, But now we've actually developed more. Uh, we also have 
It's a, basically a three-pronged mission. We have student engagement, development. You know, we, we teach the real estate courses. We support the students, scholarships, you know, events and all that. We also have uh, community development or we try to get um, events for the community, the real estate industry, uh, presenters and so on. And, and we also do research. So we have research uh, that Jackie and I, we work together related to real estate. And we also have real estate, local real estate uh, stats, you know, information that we provide as well. Right. I've gotten a few of those surveys from the Gazarian Center. Good. Yeah. Did you did you, did you respond? Fill them out? Uh, <laughs> fill them out? Of course I did. <laughs> sure. I'll give you the real answer after the show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fill um, them out when you get them now. <laughs> all right. No, I did. So, um, and a lot of it was, you know, how, how do I feel the market is trending, how it's going? What do you do with that information? So what we've been doing is um, the Craig School of Business started a few years ago, about four years ago, a publication that is called the Central um, California Business Review. And so we have been a part of that since it started a few years ago. And so we have one of the articles has always been the real estate sentiment uh, index that we publish. So we basically gather the information, you know, analyze it and provide this as part of the California Business Review. And so we make presentations on it. I've been asked to, you know, make presentations on it as well. So yeah, it's public information. You know, we have, you know, digital copies of it. If you asked us, we can, you know, we can send you copies and, you know, there's physical copies too, we can send you. So mm -hmm. yeah, public information. Okay. Well, that may be interesting for a future show so that we can share it with our audience. Yeah. I would just oh, yeah. add that we formulate an index on each market segment and then an yeah. overall index for all of them together. And we also ask what I always think is the most interesting question for me, and it's individualistic, right? What is the best investment potential in our area and that actually changes from time to time depending right. on the sentiment i remember that question yeah. from the survey so is that in residential agricultural multifamily? and so you're saying the answers to that change right correct the sentiment from one one time from the one time we we do it to the next one could you know we usually do it tw twice a year i guess so Correct. from one to the next time when we you know analyze the data you know people must shift from multifamily to residential to you know so to that's industrial that's to industrial add. yeah so, yeah depending so, on the times so in your latest one what was the answer to that question do you recall I think it might have been multifamily still. I think it was still multifamily. It had been multifamily a couple of times in a row, maybe three yeah, times in a row. I think so. But then there was a lot of uncertainty around multifamily lately, right? With COVID and COVID. everything that happened, all the mandates. And so it did shift. I think our latest survey it won't be multifamily. Probably yeah. Probably. But we're well. speculating. Yeah. We'll have to <laughs> analyze the data. <laughs> Well, okay, and I learned a lesson on speculating, too. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've been writing the ads for the Fresno Association of Realtors and kind of giving that up-to-the-date uh, market update and, and my sentiment on how the market is. 
And last week I had somebody say, when I told them how the market is, they go, Don, that's not what I just heard on the radio. And I'm thinking, yeah, but that's when the interest rate was at four and a half. You know? I love it. <laughs> things have changed. Yeah. So things. Well, that that goes back to your earlier comment on on your professor when he, you know, he or she, I don't know, suggested, oh, grades, you know, in the 80s are not going to draw below 12. Right. I mean, if yeah. you assume, then. I mean, and it happens, then you're like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it was a he, and and I learned a lot from that guy. So I, I, I really, really enjoyed the class, and I feel like it has helped me not just to be able to help others in real estate, but it's helped me as an investor. Um, one of the things I learned from him was about investing was, deferred gratification versus immediate gratification. Right. Uh, it's a yeah. good lesson. And he said, if you want immediate gratification, maybe real estate investing is not the best thing for you. Right. And so here's a good one for you. Everybody, all those investors out there today won't believe this, but there was a time when negative cash flow was a given. You were not going to break even for the first eh, 10 years, maybe 15 years. But it was a forced savings account, as this professor put it. And, uh, you know, and so I've done that. Put away, put away, socked it away. Got socked in the face a few times <laughs> from them. And, and, but it, it all worked out. That deferred gratification is not a bad way to go either. And not at all. All right. Um with that, we do have to go to our first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we are talking here with AJ, uh, Andres Warrique of uh, Fresno State University an economics professor, and also Jackie Curry, a real estate professor at Fresno State, and also a real estate broker, associate with yeah. CHC Realty. Oh, by the way, both of you, and I don't know if, well, both of you were on the board of directors for the Community Housing Council, correct? Correct. correct. We were. Yeah. Um, I'm going to retell a story from a few weeks ago <laughs> that involves the Community Housing uh, Center, not center, council, council <laughs> where they are actually helping some folks. If our listeners remember the horrific story I told a few weeks ago about uh, a couple that fell prey to a predatory lender and um, their payment went from 1700 a month to 4400 a month. Wow. Their purpose for doing this was to get $50,000 cash equity out so that they could pay off some very, very pressing medical bills. Um, they ended up not getting any cash back. Well, $10.45 to be exact. Uh, their interest rate went to 12%. It served no immediate need. Um, and we also come to find out that the three-day rescission period that these people needed, because they were telling the loan officer, hey, we can't do that. We can't do 4500 a month. I mean, their income was 5200 a month. This is a, a sad story. But 
it come to find out the three-day rescission period was was non-existent because they slipped a paper in there that said it was a non-owner occupied property so uh when I found out about this and the people told me that their story, I took them to the Community Housing Council and uh, they are moving that forward, filing a complaint with the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. And um, it's fantastic. The, so uh, hopefully there's relief for the people, but hopefully there's also accountability to somebody that did something for their extremely high loan fees that it was certainly just self-serving but the point of this story is one is that there is help here in the community as you two are on that that board of directors but also when we say deal locally that's not just some little cute saying that it's serious Mm -hmm. if you can't sit across a table from somebody and do that to somebody. Uh, um, so all of this was done online. It was done by phone. And there's no accountability. Well, there hasn't been. Now there's going to be, thanks to the Community Housing Council. So what else does that council do? Uh, when I was there, they were, um, it's just it was surprising to me that they're in they were intending to do a lot of things and uh, but they themselves were struggling with resources to do it mm-hmm. and that's that's just so sad about what they do is that they're trying to help you know a lot of people but themselves they're, they're they struggle as well and so I'm I'm gonna give out a shout out to them and see if you know if anybody can if there's anybody out there that wants to help the community housing council to do what they do please do because they 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 do so many good things that they right. uh, you know they also need resources to do this uh, and they were um, of course you know su- supporting people like in your story that they were struggling to you know keep their houses with, you know, payment situation, you know, going into foreclosure, trying to do remodifying some of their uh, loans and and that kind of stuff. And uh, they've also ventured into trying to support the real estate community. So, for instance, with the Gazarian Center, we're hosting uh, with Community Housing Council uh, on February 9th next year, we're we're hosting a real estate summit. And so that's something coming with Gazarian Real Estate Center and the Community Housing Council. So it's going to be at the Craig School of Business. So lots of things that they do. You put two things together and and make one great result. Yeah, that's what we like to do. Yeah. Um, All right. Jackie, is there Uh, anything else that you think? I think the, um, well, I think they're still the only HUD approved counseling center between in the Central Valley. Right. And they also have first-time homebuyer workshops, at least they did pre-pandemic, yeah. and I think they're still trying to do those now. So that's great for first-time homebuyers to kind of get an idea, you know, without knowing anything about real estate or the industry. And then um, they also have these workshops where you can learn about your home after you have it, 
like taking care of it, weatherization, how to change a window screen, how to fix a hole, things that maybe as a renter somebody else did for you, and now as a homeowner, you're the one that's right. responsible. There is so much to learn about how to take care of a right. home. Um, I went into a home last week where the people were saying, oh, this, this house, it, it costs so much money t- for the PG&E bills. First thing I looked at was the air filter, and it, it, that air filter had to be the equivalent of wearing four masks over oh, your f- face be, because it was so yeah. clogged up that that air conditioner couldn't really breathe effectively. Breathe. My guess is that cost them an extra 40 to $50 a month in their electric bill. Just with that, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So mm-hmm. that $2 air filter that should be changed every month, if not every two months, those are the things you can learn right you can also learn that stuff by tuning in to welcome home radio by the way yeah this is not a bad homeowner workshop in itself (laughs) i agree okay let's go back to class so uh real estate principles class um and aj you're an economist so i'm gonna ask you what what is inflation Well, inflation, by definition, is an overall increase in prices. So it's just not when they when you talk about inflation, it's not a price in the the gas pump that is increasing or maybe a few groceries here. Definition of inflation is an overall increase across the board of prices. And so that not only includes you know, the gas, groceries, you know, fuel in general, but housing and so on. So um, it's, it's just what they're trying to say is that it, it's a hurt that it's across the board. Everybody suffers it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the another way to look at it is each dollar is worth less. So it takes more of them to buy the same things that you used to buy for right. less dollars. Right. Um, it just it just means that the on on your month monthly budget right you probably notice that uh, that budget is it's purchasing month to month fewer and fewer things because they're going into purchasing those things and that have inflated you know prices and so there's a there's a real human aspect to inflation that is it's you you don't hear much about it talked right you, you just hear about inflation here and this and that but there's a lot of human component to it yeah. mm-hmm. that's what i was going to say for me it's my gas and my groceries are almost now as much as my mortgage and that's yeah, right <laughs> but yeah. i have a large family so hopefully that's not everybody okay but let me take a guess and maybe this is a key to how you um deal with inflation so your mortgage is fixed, your gas and groceries are variables. Right. So the more you can fix in cost, the better you're gonna do during inflation. I would agree with that. Can someone talk to my old professor? I think I, I that was wrong well, for me to get a C minus. <laughs> I think it might and, have been. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and relate to my I I, I was born in Argentina and I've you know, lived in Argentina in periods of high inflation. I still have family there that are 
as far as I can as, as far as I can remember, we've all, they've only had to deal with inflation, and so it's very common in periods of inflation for people to actually buy real estate, and the reason is because, particularly land, because land can be developed tomorrow or the day after or you know 10 years from now mm -hmm. and so when your dollars when your pesos when your cash is not purchasing you know you 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 realize that if you hold on to that the value of it is going to diminish over you know over the, the the over time best thing to do is to collect that cash and put it in some you know asset like well, some people opt for stocks, some people do real estate, land, and so on. And so it's, it's very common for, for this to happen. And it's, it's very likely that it's happening these days as well for people, even though interest rates are going up and all that, a lot of people might be thinking, well, I mean, maybe this is a good time for me to buy, uh, you know, real estate. So would you recommend buying real estate during a time of inflation? Uh, it's a little bit of a loaded question, I guess, but uh, and that is because uh, prices are going up, not just, so we, we said, it, I mean, prices are going up for everything, including real estate and mortgages are also going up as well. And so you probably going to see a little bit, it's going to, cost you more to buy what you could have bought, let's say, six months ago when prices were or, or you know, when interest rates were, you know, were lower. But again, if 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 you expect inflation to be an issue in, you know, the next few months and years, one way to cushion against that is to buy today. Right. You know, why wait? Mm -hmm. And so. Um, you know, might as well. The, the issue is always, uh, you know, down payments uh, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you have the cash to do it, might as well just try to go and do it. Okay. So if you can. If you can. Yeah. Might as well cushion and that. As a realtor, not an economist, I would say that absolutely you can't. It can't be about the numbers, um, of course, depending on what you're buying. But... A quick story, I knew somebody who bought at the height of the market with a master's degree in real estate and was really upset with themselves. And now they are absolutely fine with what they had done in 2005. And so, yeah, right. So they All experienced relative. an up, a down, an up, and a down. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. With that, we are going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we are here in the studio today doing Real Estate 101, Econ 101, um, and Go Buy a Home 101, because uh, we have two professors in here and uh, one student that's asking a lot of questions. So we have uh, Jackie Curry, a professor at Fresno State and also a real estate broker, and Andres Huareque, a uh, uh, Dr. Andres Warike uh, at Fresno State, an economics professor. Both of them are with the Gazarian Real Estate uh, Institute, 
or not in summit. Yeah. All right. And we were in the last one, we were talking about inflation. Well, another key word that's out there right now that has to be spreading fear, because I think fear is one. Fear is probably the biggest obstacle we have in real estate today, more so than interest rates. Just my humble opinion. But recession, what Tell us, what is a recession and why does it impact real estate? So recession, it's, uh, it's a technical definition that, that um, a lot of, uh, you know, the media and so on, they take loosely. Um, in, in technical terms, the National Bureau of Economic Research is the one that defines kind of like, are we in a recession or not? And they look at various indicators, uh, trying to figure out whether, you know, we are, you know, real GDP has dropped consecutively for more than two quarters. Uh, and they look at, see if it's more about something localized or is it a- across the board and if it's significant. So there's a few things that they look at. Uh, again, like I, I mentioned earlier, it's there's a human component to it. Is it you know for me it also involves how does uh, people feel that they are doing right? So in times of going back to 2007, 2009, when you ask people, you know about the recession that they were going through, what we were going through at that time, people would would actually feel they would hurt. They, they, they could tell you, you could say, Hey, yeah, I lost my job. You know, I, I, you know, I'm having a hard time, you know, paying my bills and this and that. And so this time I, I hear a little bit of that conversation, but not as much as I did, you know, 2007, 2009. Well, my that, humble opinion. Yeah. Too, you know, <laughs> that's all we have here is humble opinions, but it there it's better than Maybe what you might read in the newspaper, because this is localized. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking right. about, yeah. Uh, in fact, that's how this show got started 14 years ago. Uh, the owner of the station had read in the newspaper that day that, uh, you know, this is in 2008, how the market was going this way and down, and it was horrible. And, and then he ran into me at a home show, and I had all these graphs up of our local market. And he said, hey, wait a minute, that's different than what I read today. I said, you know, I read that article too. And that's in Michigan. This mm-hmm. is here. And that's where he got the idea to, to have this show. Sure wasn't my idea. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot to say about, you know, how certain areas, you know, may lag relative to others or the national you know, sentiment, I guess. Uh, so I believe that in Fresno, the, the 2007, 2009 recession lagged a few months, right? Uh, and it might be the case what's going on uh, as well at this time. Um, so so that there's a lot of about, to say about local economies, you know, feeling or having a different impact uh, than you know other parts, right? Again, you you know 
San Francisco, what's happening in San Francisco right. and L.A. doesn't necessarily have to happen here in Fresno. Right, because we have different job structures. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they have more high-paying jobs, but maybe more transient jobs. Correct. Uh, whereas here, maybe it's more it's, it's more stable. Right. Yeah. I would agree with that. Don, you remember that time. There were hardly any jobs in combination with everything else, and then nobody could also get loans. Banks were super tight, and so it was just a whole bunch of things that I think fed into it. Hopefully more so than now. Hopefully we're a little bit more stable now, for sure. Yeah, and there are jobs out there. Right. I wish I had invested in a company that produced now hiring signs. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> you, you could be getting rich right now. Yes. There's now hiring signs everywhere. Right. Um, okay, so is a recession an intentional thing by the Federal Reserve to bring down inflation? That's only a question. Um, I wouldn't say that it's at this point is an intentional uh, effect. It may just be a result, a, a consequences of what they're trying to do in terms of reducing prices. Their their concern, their their mandate is to have full employment, control inflation prices and and unemployment, right? And so they have three things that they have to monitor prices is one of them. And so we just talked about inflation. They're the ones that need to come and say, well, let's just try to control it. Uh, so when, when you put the brakes on the economy, like they're doing, there's, there's bound to be consequences for that. And so I think it's not intentional, uh, but a result of. Okay. That's a good answer. And they're doing a lot of it, it seems like, with interest rates. So the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates. Um, is that their major tool for uh, controlling inflation? Um, they do others. They have uh, probably... If, uh, interest rates or, well, the federal funds rate is probably what they're trying to do the most right now. Of course, they could try to pull money out of the economy, you know, through open market operations. Um, but, you know, what we hear most about is that the Fed met last week. They raised, you know, their their uh, federal funds rate target by about quarter, What I think it was Three quarters. Three last quarters. Week, right? yeah. what I heard. Three quarters yeah. last week, and so that's the one that they're mostly using this these days because they know it has impacts on, you know, mortgages, which slow down the housing market and so on. So there, there, it's you know that's one of their most efficient, probably instruments that they're using. Mm -hmm. And going to the real estate market, so I'm going to turn to you on this, Jackie, since you sell real estate also. Um, you know, economics is about supply and demand. Right. And it sure seemed like there was a larger demand than there was a supply of homes for a long time. And, of course, that causes prices to go up. Right. Um, so... I think last week somebody mentioned it's like the Federal Reserve is tapping the brakes on on this uh, runaway price thing. Um, 
and are are you seeing a difference in the market today than you did six months a year ago yeah absolutely i definitely am and even at a personal level where i have clients that are maybe in escrow um and it may not be the strongest escrow but everybody wants to stay in it because it's an escrow and they don't want to put anything back on the market and then uh, buyers as well that at one price point were fine and now they're actually priced out of the market so i kind of see it from both ends right that they're mm-hmm. it does seem like a runaway train that needs to be controlled at some point and at the same time it seems like the shift was almost like when we did have the sun the 110 degree temperatures and then the rain and then it was hot again it almost felt like that like it seemed like maybe it wasn't for you but for me it seemed like a really quick switch i remember that it sure was (laughs) (laughs) but in real estate perspective as well it just seemed like months ago that the demand was still there and supply was not and that now it's switching so i I think just to tap uh mention that so about at the beginning of the year when the fed was starting to raise interest rates right uh, there was probably a surge, an increase in demand, uh, what they called at the time the FOMO FOMO effect, fear of missing out. I agree. And so you had a little bit of an increase or, or you had some increase in demand at the time, but the supply was not there. Supply eventually started too because they were afraid that, you know, mm-hmm. interest rate going in, increasing eventually, you know, buyers would want to buy now versus, you know, buyers six from for now. And so. Rate. Yeah, it was it was crazy times. So locally, in the Central Valley, why is our supply and demand seemingly always uh, out of whack? Oh, I think that's, I mean, that's what I teach in appraisal, that that's always that continuum, that's always out of balance. In fact, there are some real estate professionals that will say we'll never be in equilibrium when it comes to supply and demand, that it's always a little bit off kilter. I don't think that's, that's one thing I don't think is unusual to the Central Valley. Um, what do you think, Dr. AJ? Yeah, I think that it's it's gonna be the norm that there's always gonna be either more demand than supply or more supply than demand. Uh, and I would say that in this time, it's very likely that there's gonna be more demand than supply uh, just because, um, Generally, when you talk about people putting their houses in the market, there's an event that is triggering that, right? And so you mentioned it earlier, jobs, people here stay for a long time, the good, you know, they have stable jobs and so on. And so if if you're going to be putting your house to the market is because you're going to be moving up right you're or you're gonna buy a new house uh and and that is happens whether when you are get a, a higher a salary new salary increase in your salary or you're moving out of the out of the area because you gotta you know relocate it somewhere else and you gotta move and so because of our the the way that our market works it's very stable you don't have like you said there's not a lot of movers moving in moving out and so um not a lot of supply taking place you can see in the map here of the you know on 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 local you know uh 
realtor.com or you know the websites that there's pockets of areas where there's not a single house is being sold right. at the moment. <clears throat> you know? Right. You made me feel better, Jackie, when you said that about you don't believe it's ever in equilibrium. I had a conversation with somebody and I said, you know, I haven't seen a normal market since normal, the 90s. Colin? And then I thought about it and say, well, What's wait a normal? minute. I, yeah. The 90s weren't so normal <laughs> no. either. And the 80s certainly weren't. So it's I all guess, relative. Well, yeah. Maybe the normal is to be not, not normal. normal. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll end this segment on that <laughs> one. The, the normal is not being normal. Right. Thank you. And with that, we're going to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. I'm proud of the house we built. It's stronger than sticks, stones, and steel. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And we're talking with Jackie Curry, a real estate broker here in Fresno, along and also a professor at Fresno State, and Dr. Andres Warike, um, a professor at Fresno State also. And we in the last segment, we were going through some real estate principles like inflation, recession, uh, what all that means. How about, here's a term I'm hearing a lot of, is affordability. What, what is affordability in regard to homes? Well, that is a loaded question, Don, right? What is affordability? Uh, and you can see all over the media that there's different statistics and everyone kind of has a, um, an, a humble opinion about what affordability means. And uh, like Dr. AJ has said several times in the show about the human component, Really, affordability is how much can you afford, but when we talk about housing affordability, there's a lot of different things that you could be talking about. One could be rental versus owning, right? What is affordable for a renter, and there's statistics for that. And then with these, run <clears throat> excuse me, these runaway prices we've seen lately that we just talked about, what is affordable for a homeowner? And I talked about having clients that literally have been priced out of the market. In other words, they no longer qualify for enough of a loan in order to purchase, you know, even the minimum amount you would pay for a home. And so affordability is definitely an issue with a lot of different definitions. Dr. AJ? Yeah, and and uh, so there's several pieces to that because uh, right. not only it relates to house prices, um, but also income capacity, right? right. And so uh, if, if you have a high paying job uh, and you live in places like San Francisco, even though you have a high paying job, that, that gap between what you're having to pay for a mortgage and what you can, you know, afford, even though you have a high paying job, you might still be, you know, struggling with issues of affordability. Right. Right. Uh, we, we know, you know, I mean, we, we are fortunate here in Fresno that comparable, to uh, areas like LA and San Francisco, our prices are, I would say, probably three times less as get you know as a as a good guess. Uh, yeah, but but still, yeah. you know, um, the concept of affordability is not is it's it's very broad. It's a spectrum, and um, uh, I would say that California right now we're all facing that that problem, uh, uh, particularly 
uh, on the uh, low in uh, individuals uh, and families that are, you know, have low income families particularly. I'd like to add something, and this is, has a bit of a personal experience to it also when it comes to affordability. So when I bought my first home, I was 24 years old, and loan officers said, you can afford it. I knew, I thought I could afford it, but I was lacking a very important uh, characteristic, and that was confidence. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the confidence that I could afford it. So what did I do? Halfway through escrow, I chickened out. <laughs> and I had an uncle that said, no, no, don't chicken out. The, you know, you're doing the right thing. He ended up going partners with me. Oh. What In every good partnership, people bring different things to the table. What he brought to the table was confidence. I didn't have that. I At 24, I just thought, oh, man, what if... The world turns upside down. What, what, what if I, I lose my job? Yeah. Um, and it ended up being so easy. I had a similar experience at 22, and I had a really good mentor that was like, I don't want our listeners to misinterpret this, but said it won't be that much different than renting. You're still writing a check to somebody, so just do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I had that person because I did. I lacked the confidence as well. Yeah. And that is a component of it for sure. All right. So, so that's something to work on. Build your confidence yes. um, to, to know that you can afford something. And then to, to be able to go through the ups and downs. So mm -hmm. right. um, when I was a much younger kid, in my, in my teens, um, my mom was going through foreclosure. Mm. Uh, but she didn't lose the house because she found a way. She got a second job. And the most important thing is she taught her kids, don't quit. That's don't be a quitter. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say is educate yourself, right? Educate yourself on uh, or find somebody to educate you on all the ins and outs. What are the options? What else can I do? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, the two of you are involved in an organization called the Youth Empowered Affordable Housing Summit. I know nothing about that, so please educate me. Um, so yes, this was this is an initiative that we are partnering with a local organization called uh, Youth Voice Impact. Um, so what we are uh, intending to do is get is basically trying to find information from youth, the you know high schoolers and college students about what they think is affordability housing affordability, what are the problems that they're seeing, and how to find solutions for it. So we're trying to, trying to so, so we know what the, the struggles are. Our generation knows what the struggles are, and we're trying to come up with solutions to it. But we are forgetting that this is a intergenerational problem, mm -hmm. and we're passing on this problem. We're trying to sol solve it now. We're not going to do it right away. It's not an overnight solution. Uh, so we're going to pass it on to the next generation. And so the thought is, well, why not ask the ne next generation what they think of the problem is? How how would they like to see it solved? And maybe, maybe we can start implementing some of those solutions today before, you know, 
it can get any worse. And so um, we're, we're gathering, uh, we're hoping to get about 250 uh, students from Bakersfield all the way to up to Modesto, Modesto I guess, mm -hmm. and try to, high you know, school to college age, high, high school to college age and ask them questions, um, you know, brainstorm. And now that we had this conversation about confidence, it'll be really interesting to see right. if that plays a part in how their, their sentiment is about real estate markets or affordable housing, all of that as it right. pertains so to them. One of the questions we don't know is, and we talked about this, is that, you know, is are they still wanting to live in a house or buy a house, go through the home ownership? Or are they looking for rentals, you know, or, or so whatever it is, we need to build the capacity to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever their choice is in the future, we need to, you know, be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. So is this a in-person meeting or in-person summit? Uh, it, yeah, it's going to be a two-day event. It's going to take place on... Uh, February 10 and 11. It's a Friday and a Saturday. And the idea, we're going to get them all together at uh, uh, Craig School of Business or on campus at Fresno State. And we're going to hopefully, you know, have a live discussion about what it means to be, you know, what it is, what is housing affordable? The same question you asked, them, what is, is housing affordable? Yeah. You know, for that. And are there solutions? Are there, are there solutions, solutions that they see that maybe we haven't even thought of yet correct well i i know that uh one of the characteristics or the necessities of a solution is to have the desire so if those kids can get the desire to be a homeowner and to stabilize and secure their future they will mm -hmm. if if they um want to be and i was this way until i was 24 where shoot i didn't want to be tied down to anything <laughs> Um, you know, I just wanted to travel and, and go places. So, and, and maybe that's what they're going to want for now. Something tells me, I'm just going to, I'm going to predict the future oh, no. right now. I'll bet these youths in 10 years, 20 years, they're, they're going to want to stabilize and secure their future and buy a home. That's just my guess. And I think some of them see that for sure. Right. I and think it's you no know, confidence or lack of confidence that there will be. Right, yeah. And so the the idea would be that whatever their decision is, we need to be prepared because one issue that California is facing is uh, underproduction of any kind of units. At this point, we are sh short of, you know, single family residential, duplexes, everything. We're just apartments. And so whatever they want yeah. you know we still don't know what they want we don't know if in 10 years or 20 years they're going to want to live in a you know single family home or they're going to want to live still in an apartment you know yeah so yeah. that's and the kind of questions that we want to answer that'll be a good question because i'll bet they're all going to want to own and secure something but what type i uh the last 10 years we've seen so much increased building right. of the smaller uh, higher density homes mm -hmm. whereas mm -hmm. 40 years ago 30 years ago we didn't no nope. and that's we, where the value of the summit is there will be breakout sessions that kind of address all the facets of what is affordable housing all right we have about a minute to go so i want to ask each of you what do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show first jackie 
um, that we are having that summit in February. So if you're in that age bracket, please find some information and get to the summit uh, and that educate yourself on real estate for sure. And how do they, who do they contact to find out more about it? That would be me. And so I can leave the information for my email address and, and we can, you know. Why don't you go ahead? Uh, it's okay. Uh, it's A-N-D-R-E-S-J-A-U-R-E-G-U-I at M-A-I-L dot Fresno State dot E-D-U. This is a very long, but you better you know, leave that to. with me too. I could see getting a call saying, Hey, what was that email address again? Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank both of you for coming in today and sharing your knowledge and your expertise with our, our audience, but I also want to thank our audience for tuning in every Saturday. Um, we'll be back again the following Saturday. So stay tuned. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you Don.